Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. It was a love fest for the Republicans yesterday as Mike Johnson of Louisiana gets all the votes and becomes Speaker of the House. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Congresswoman Erin Houchin joins me right now. She represents the 9th District of Indiana, serves on the Financial Services Committee and the Education and Workforce uh, Committees, also uh, putting forth uh, the 21st Century Dyslexia Act, which... I pay very close attention to. Congresswoman, good to have you on the show. Let's start with the basics. Uh, Mike uh, Johnson comes into Congress in 2017, and six years later, he's Speaker of the House. Is this exactly how you plan your career to go, and what is your take, or what was your take on Mike Johnson even before the Speaker run? Thank you, Tony. Good to be with you. Um, you know, it's not how I plan to, to uh, be in Congress. I, I don't know that even Mike Johnson um, planned this. Uh, you know, on October 3rd, the House was kind of thrown into chaos, certainly thrown into chaos when Matt Gates and, uh, and eight Republicans uh, joined with 208 Democrats to take out the Speaker of the House. It had never happened before. So we've been in a tumultuous time. Um, but I think we picked the right leader after after several attempts at at trying to find a what we would consider someone that can bring consensus. And Mike Johnson certainly is that man. Uh, you know, he has led the RSC, which is our largest um, caucus. Um, he's a conservative uh, Christian. Uh, he he leads uh, with his faith and is a constitutional lawyer. And I, I think you know after. All that we've been through, um, what the country is going through, he is the, the really the perfect leader for this time. You know, Mike Pence says that a time such as this, and, and we are in that time, and Mike Johnson is the right leader, and I was excited to support him, as, as were my colleagues clearly with unanimous support for him. Talk to me about those votes for Jim Jordan and that decision that, that Scalise really couldn't even make it to the floor. These, these are longtime guys, Scalise, longtime in, 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 in leadership. What was the real sticking point regarding both of these men? Let's start with uh, Steve Scalise. So I, I think what you saw there, uh, Tony, honestly, being you know in the room for all of these votes and, and conference meetings, um, what it seemed like that people were very upset about what happened to Kevin McCarthy, um, and they were just couldn't get there for uh, a Steve Scalise or a Jim Jordan candidacy in that first iteration. Then you saw, um, so there were about 20 to 30 people that just were not moving off of, we're not voting for um, Mr. Scalise. And, and um, unfortunately, you know, and he's, he's, He's um, been diagnosed with cancer, and he's an American hero, uh, but people were just so angry at that moment that I think, you know, had the election been held at a different time, it might have it might have turned out much differently. Then after what happened to Steve Scalise, 
uh, people were mad about that. And so you saw a different group of about 20 people who were opposed to Jim Jordan. And so in a conference that is only four, four, uh, a four-seat majority, you know, it, we would struggle to find anyone who had not made at least four people mad at some point in their career. And, and uh, so another, I guess, kudos again to Mike Johnson for, for just having good relationships with everyone and, and uh, being a team player and, and leading with his faith and um, just a very, very good, good person um, that no one could, I mean, who could object to, to, to him knowing him, um, well, the political left is clearly down. in the throes of, of of objection. Talking to Congresswoman Erin Hounchin, uh, the ninth district of Indiana, I just got to head a little bit south of of Indianapolis to 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 find her and and her district. Uh, but this is just it for for people on the outside looking in. It would seem like the conversation would be wait. Who here can we all stomach? I mean, to, to, not to try and be funny about it or not to engage in any kind of uh, denigrating uh, uh, Speaker Johnson. I said on the show, I thought it was going to be Mike Johnson or Byron Donalds who would be, you know, appealing to the to the conference. But yeah. why not start from that place? Did that conversation ever come up? Well, I mean, we, we didn't start from that place because those people did not put in their candidacy until this until this most recent round. And. When the votes came down for Steve Scalise, it was basically tied uh, 110 to 99 with eight people who uh, voted for someone else and three people who voted present. So this has been razor thin. Jim Jordan had a similar scenario. Um, uh, there, there's just it was divided. And Tom Emmer came in. Uh, he was one of our nominees and he had about, a, you know, 100 ish. He, he got to the majority with about 100 ish, uh, 100 and. 17, I think, votes. So with 222 of us or 221 of us, um, we didn't get the opportunity really to consider Mike Johnson or Byron Donalds until this last iteration um, when we got Tom Emmer, and and he clearly also had a 20 vote, um, 20 to 30 vote problem. So um, excited about Mike Johnson. I know the left uh, does not like him, um, but that makes me love him even more. So here we are. Here we are now. The, the past is prologue, as as they say. You have uh, Speaker Mike Johnson. As a member of this conference, what are you expecting to hit the ground with today as you go to work? Yeah, so um, yesterday we immediately passed a, a resolution condemning Hamas and supporting Israel. Um, and then um, today, uh, and I also filed yesterday the 21st Century Dyslexia Act, um, today, we're taking up uh, some approaches on energy and water and the amendments related uh, to, to the energy and water approach bill. We had already passed the rule for uh, that out of um, – I'm sorry, we already passed that out of Rules Committee, which I serve on um, before all of this happened, and we're prepared to do this three weeks ago. So we will have legislation on the floor considering amendments to that, um, that approach bill. The appropriations bills, there are 12 of them. And one of the things we heard from Speaker Johnson is that there will be no more omnibus spending. Uh, there, you're going to take up spending bills individually. You're a fan of this? Absolutely, yes. That is the best transparency for the American people. An omnibus, you know, leads us to throw things into to what is called Christmas trees or Christmas tree bills. And um, 
I think it's easier for the American people to digest in 12 separate bills. The Senate doesn't typically operate this way, but this was a plan that, that we started with Speaker McCarthy that has prompted the Senate to start to consider many buses versus uh, the approached bills. But at a minimum, the House of Representatives wants to get out all 12 of our bills um, and have those considered um, individually versus together. You talk about the 21st Century Dyslexia Act because sometimes all politics are local. Indeed, it would modernize dyslexia identification to avoid the chance, as you write about it in the press release, of the learning disability going unidentified in students. Why this? What is your connection? And what will this act do for communities here in Indiana and around the country? Yeah, so thank you for asking about that. My son is dyslexic, so I came to this as a parent, you know, in the General Assembly. Uh, there, there were we didn't even have the definition for dyslexia in Indiana um, until I think 2015. Um, when I was in the General Assembly, I passed the Universal Screening Bill, so now we're screening students in K through two for dyslexia. It's a reading disability that impacts 20% of the population, and many, many kids were were and still are falling through the cracks and being misdiagnosed or uh, misidentified or underidentified, and then not receiving the proper accommodations. If there is no, and what the 21st Century Dyslexia Act does is, is, is it defines dyslexia in our federal code under the IDEA. Currently now, um, it's, it's discussed in the IDEA as a specific learning disability related to reading, uh, and dyslexia is not defined. Uh, that means that it has really no meaning to parents um, and, and some educators, really, when, when it comes to, well, what is the root problem here, and how do you identify how to help a child with a specific learning disability related to reading if you don't know what that really means? And so that's what we're trying to do with the Dyslexia Act is to define it so that parents and educators and, and everyone um, will have an, an ability to have an understanding of the, this disability uh, because we know, and my son is proof of this, he was diagnosed in the third grade uh, reading at a first grade six-month level, and now he's a, you know, a freshman in high school in honors English and, and uh, you know, making straight A's. Uh, these kids can succeed, absolutely can succeed. Um, and they, unfortunately, if they, if they do have struggles with reading, the outcomes for that can be very, very poor. Uh, you lead, can lead to dropping out of high school. It can lead to interaction criminally. They're just a, all the bad outcomes um, of not supporting these students when they have every op- they should have every opportunity to be successful. And that's what I'm trying to do with the bill. Congresswoman Erin Houchin, you can find out more at Houchin, H-O-U-C-H-I-N, houchin.house.gov, 9th District of Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. 